0: and Responsible Gaming Resources. You ready?
1: Welcome back everyone to the Buff Hub, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. And if you're new, remember to follow me on Twitter at Buff Hub for all live game reaction tweets where I'm sweating my jersey off as the Bills pull off all these amazing air raid wins. (laughs) And this show is every Saturday morning, right before the Believe podcast, every Saturday afternoon. So getting into today, I have an exciting show for you guys. I am joined with the gentleman who needs no in-depth introduction to Bills fans and Rumblings listeners alike. You know his name. You know him. The host of WGR Radio, Sal Capaccio, is joining the Buff Hub once again. How you doing today, Sal? I'm good,
2: man. Love the energy. Love being on. Thank you. Absolutely. So, what's up? Have you done any recent drumming appearances? Or <laughs> no, no drumming right now during COVID. Uh, and uh, I wish I could. You know, actually, every year, Eric Wood has his Flights for Bites, Bites for Flights, Flights for Bites uh, fundraiser, and it's to uh, benefit um, his his foundation, which goes to a lot of really, really great, worthy causes. And um, last year and every year he has it at, a. it, last year it was at the 500 Pearl. Um, before that we had done it a couple other places, but anyway, he has this band and the band, they, they have, I've sat in with them and last year I sat in and played the drums and oh, yeah. we played, um, we played Brian Adams, of summer of 69. That was the drum. That was what I played on the drums. Oh, we talked so cool. about it. I remember right. we so, talked about it and so, I saw the video. Yeah. So we <laughs> showed the video and I'm like, I just miss doing this. Um, so we can't get together this year, but. Uh, we're going to do something with Eric this year and it's going to be virtual. I'm going to help him out, but so maybe I'll drum virtually or something, you know, maybe we'll do something like that. But anyway, yeah, no, that, that's the kind of thing that I like to do if I can, but you know, unfortunately not being able to this year.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, you know, it's always a pleasure to have you back and, um, I'm going to be looking out for those videos, man, whenever you're going to post them again, I want to see it. You have incredible Tom skills, by the way. Really like the way you use your toms when you play drums. I thought it was really beefy, and that's something that I noticed right away. I was like, man, if I ever play with this guy, I guarantee you he'd be able to follow along with me to a Gary Clark Jr. jam, a Stevie Ray Vaughan you know, song, whatever. You know what that's from? Um, that's
2: from playing Wipeout when I was a kid a lot, okay? Oh,
1: my gosh. You're going to make me geek out. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. So, ladies and gentlemen, before I begin, I will give you a quick rundown of today's show first we will talk about the seattle seahawks game second we'll go into the cardinals preview and thirdly we're going to talk about three emerging players for the bills and finally a score prediction for this weekend so first off let's just jump right into it sal so uh obviously huge game last week (laughs) a game where i think it was only like i forgot what was her last name laura something was literally the only known uh you know, analysts that pick the bills to win the Seahawks game, and here we are sitting at seven and two. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Seahawks matchup and how that I didn't down? even
2: know so, someone was it Laura Oakman, the sideline reporter?
1: You know, I Chris Brown on his show, um, maybe uh, he was talking about Laura, I forgot her last name, okay. Yeah, no, that's actually I didn't so.
2: know that. Listen, I here's the thing, I'm not trying to sound super smart, then again, maybe I am because <laughs> what I like to do. So, all week last week. I was saying on the radio, this is a good matchup for the bills. Like this is the type of matchup that the bills should be able to do some things with. Now I'm not guaranteeing a victory. I don't know. This is a really tough offense and they're going to make, they're going to give the bills problems, but there's going to be a high scoring game. It's going to be really good weather. And this is the type of matchup that if Brian Dable wants Josh Allen to just go after it, be aggressive and throw the bills are going to be able to get to 30 points. You know, can they keep them under 30 points as we saw? They didn't, but the Bills still won. And then the, the lesson here is, and, and I opened my show up with this on Monday, uh, my extra point show on WGR at 10 a.m. and I wrote a column about it. Football's about matchups, man. It really is. That's what it is. You, you don't worry about the six and one record, six and two, sure. I mean, that's indi- indicative of how good an overall team is, Of course it is. It's your record. but it really is about matchups. It's why the Raiders can play with the chiefs or the Bengals can play with the Titans, right? I mean, any given Sunday is what the adage is, but it's true, and there's always outliers. You know, sometimes, wow, I can't believe that team pulled that upset They got every break. They got some turnovers. That This was a good matchup for the Bills, and I think if you paid attention to both teams going into the game, you knew the Bills had a shot, at least a puncher's chance, and they took advantage of that puncher's chance.
1: I totally agree, and I feel like this is proof that Air Raid Allen is here to stay, right? Right. I mean, we're not going to stop throwing the football. And I think a lot of people got scared. Oh, it was just, you know, a four game stretch, you know, like back in the day when back in the, uh, not so far back in the day, but you know, when we had Ryan Fitzpatrick and Stevie Johnson lighting it up and then things really started to dim down once he got his contract and everyone's like, well, I guess that was it. (laughs) But, you know, Air Raid Allen is here to stay. And, um, you know, I'm going to talk about something real quick about that matchup. You know, this keeping a hot start, Trend needs to keep happening though. you know, bills outscoring the Seahawks 24 to 10 in the first half was phenomenal and very unexpected. And I think a hot start is the only way for the bills to win. This is a stat here. So five of the games won this year have been from having a first half lead. Mm-hmm. The other two games, the other two games were won because uh, we were tied at halftime. Now listen to this, the two losses we have, we were trailing at halftime. So we don't know, I mean, as a regular fan, it, it's really hard to figure out why we were just not, being able, not able to figure out some way to just get over you know, 20 points against the Chiefs and the Titans. It, it was just one of those things where it, it just felt like we hit a brick wall and it was really hard to distinguish. But what I am going to say is whenever the Bills get to a hot start, not only is it unknown territory, for uh Bills fans to see a, the Bills get to a hot start and you know just keep going throughout the rest of the next half it's this is this is a this is a big deal for the future and I said it in my last podcast I said this is what you want to see against the Seahawks what the future could potentially look like and now we're starting to see who knows how long Stefan Diggs stays with the Bills, John Brown, you know, you name it, we have so much talent and there's always so much change, there's injuries, you name it, right? But when you have a quarterback that is leading your team, that is giving your football team an identity. Let me tell you, the Bills I the Bills identity is this. We get takeaways on defense and we have an air raid with Josh Allen. I think that's what we are. Yeah, we're going to run around with Josh Allen, but eventually that's going to end, right? So I told people, people this a long time ago. I think he's going to trend more towards the Ben Roethlisberger angle rather than the other way of just running around for his life because I think he's going to figure out the pass game. He's going to figure out the ins and outs of the defense, and I really feel in that game he showed a lot of signs of this is why he's here to stay. Buffalo loves him. God bless him and his cause. Over $350,000, you know, Amazing. Uh, you know, God bless his family, obviously going through the tragic loss of, of his grandmother, Josh, if you're here and you have my heart, you have all of rumblings, you know, family and Bill's mafia's heart as well. So, um, so Sal from that Seahawks matchup,
2: well, can I, can I just kind of touch on a couple of things you said there first? Because, oh yeah, for sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. You said there. So you're right about the teams are ever evolving. They're ever changing. Injuries happen. Contracts happen. Trades happen. Free agency happens. Those kinds of things. So you're right. The other issue is. How long will Brian Dable be around? I think that's something you also have to think about, right? Which, which is Brian Dable has been a big catalyst for what this team has become on offense. And you're right. I think the identity that he's created with Josh, knowing he has this trigger man, is they become the air-raid Buffalo Bills. They become the attacking Buffalo Bills. Now, I'd slow down a little bit on the their ID identity on defense is taking the ball away because that's what they want to be. And they did that on Sunday, but they're generally about they were about middle of the pack, maybe a little bit better than that going into the game. But I agree with you that that's what it should be, and that's what they want it to be, but they got to do that more. I think what we've seen here is when they don't take the ball away, that's when other teams can control the ball a little bit. They can do some things on on their offensive side, and you know that's when the Bills get in trouble. The Bills, up until – and even even after this game, I don't know if you realize, the Bills have not scored a defensive touchdown since 2018. They They almost did. only team in the league almost (laughs) did, but they didn't. (laughs) They're the only team in the NFL that does not have a defensive touchdown over the last year plus, basically since the start of 2019. They, that would be nice to get a couple of those. I just think it's a, it's a representation of the fact that they haven't had these big plays, but suddenly they show up and look at the result on Sunday.
1: You know, what's interesting, Sal is nobody's complaining about not getting touchdowns on defense because the red zone offense is here. And I think it's here to stay. Josh Allen is a red zone nightmare for defenses. And I was emphasizing before this season started, if we can figure out how to play better in the red zone, we're going to give every single team trouble the minute we get in there. And they figured it out. And that's awesome. You know, that's what you want to see from a 30-year QB that you really believe in, you invest a lot into. And here we go. Now we're uh, (laughs) jumping into the red hot Arizona Cardinals um, territory over here. What do you got? What do you got against this matchup? It's so hard to really figure out how we're going to stop what I call, you know, the chipmunk on the field. I mean, good luck.
2: Yeah, but you know, I think there's um, the, there's some tougher matchups in this one for the Bills than there were last week. And I think number one is their offense and what they can do. They're they're a little bit more multidimensional. You know, of course, er, Seattle could run the ball, but with the running with their running back situation, they were down, right? I mean, it, they were going with their third and fourth string running backs. This team. They can run the football. They're one of the best teams in the NFL, and they use Kyler Murray as a weapon to run the football. That's going to be a tough challenge for the Bills, and if they commit to the running game and they get going early and they have some success, that's going to be tough for the Bills. And especially then if you start loading up a little bit, Kyler can throw it, and he's got weapons. He's got, obviously, DeAndre Hopkins. He's got Larry Fitzgerald. He's got Christian Kirk. You know, they're, they're a well-run offense. They're very well coached. They're complete. They do a lot of different things. On the other side of the ball, I think there's opportunity, though, for the Bills, The Bills can run on them, I think. They might not even have Jordan Phillips, which is maybe even another reason why they can run even more. Um, But they also, what really did the Bills have success against earlier in the year? Man-to-man defense. This is a man team mostly. They could play zone, but they like playing man. They have names on that side of the ball, Patrick Peterson, guys like that. And I I think the Bills will be able to go back to what they were early in the season against those man-to-man defenses, running man beaters, being able to do that. I do wonder, though, if this is more of a game where they're going to have a little bit more trouble stopping the opponent. I know you say that because 33 points by Seattle, but this is going to be a tougher matchup for them to stop the running game and stop Arizona from controlling the game a little bit.
1: I I can't help but agree with you about that, Sal, because as I looked at the stats of that entire game, I look at, yes, Seattle was trending to win the entire game, but it's it's a divisional game. I feel like any divisional matchup will always be close. I mean, for crying out loud, the Jets gave the Bills and the Patriots a run for their money, right? You're looking at Arizona was never out of that game as long as Kyler Murray was in there. Uh, but here's the other thing I noticed, that Seattle did have an edge for a good, a good amount of the game. And it, the edge was their running game. And I do agree with you. I mean, you got Carlos Hyde, Chris Carson, and Russell Wilson. You know, getting well over 140 yards. It looks like. I mean, mm-hmm. that's phenomenal. If I, I feel like we're, if we're going to have to, if we're going to give Arizona any trouble, it's probably going to have. You know, we're going to need both of our running backs to run really well. Uh, at least, kind of both get over 40 yards, if possible. Um, maybe get you know four yards of carry, right? And then you got Josh Allen just getting whatever he can on the ground if he needs to. Uh, you know, I look at something. Interesting about the matchup with that they had against Seattle, though, and yet Russell Wilson thrown three picks, even with having uh, a stellar offense, you know, at the same at the same time. So now I will say this: I think that our red zone offense, in my opinion, is better than Seattle's. I think mm-hmm. there was a key turnover in that game where you see Russell just throw a throw throw pass to the outside right, and it gets picked off, I believe, by Patrick Peterson. That touchdown could. It could have probably sealed that game and really shifted the momentum, or you know, keep the momentum going, uh trending towards the Seattle Seahawks the rest of that game. But you know, one thing I noticed about these NFC West matchups, Sal, is we're just going to keep we're going to expect another high scoring game. Uh, the interesting thing is this: so lowest scoring games thus far have been against the AFC East.
2: Hmm. Well, those are teams you know; those are teams you know that you've been going against, coaches you know against. You know, there's always a little bit tighter, a little bit lower scoring. I think there's something he said. People say, oh, they only scored 18 points against the Jets. Well, you know, Greg Williams, no, he's coached against the Bills and you know Adam Gase for a few years, and there's always a, always a tug-of-war. But you're right, and the, this game here, if it does hit the over-under, which is 56, if, if, that's, if that's what it goes off at, the over-under was 56 as of a couple of days ago. I haven't looked today. If, if it goes off at 56, it would literally be the highest over-under in the history of the Buffalo Bills, the history <laughs> of the organization. And the previous high was last week against the Seattle Seahawks, which was 55, which is amazing
1: you know, it's crazy that you said 56, that is the combined amount of points. The AFC East has scored on the Buffalo bills and against the NFC West, they have totaled to 66 points already. Huh. So uh, you're, you're spot on again, Sal. I mean, I, I can't help, but you know, agree with you about this game. Uh, you know, what I'm expecting from the bills is I'm ready for another Josh Allen. Oh, pal. You know, uh, I'm expecting air, an air raid. you know, Josh Allen game. I don't think he throws for less than 330 yards. And I don't think he gets less than four, four touchdowns. Uh, you'd look at last game before we get into our last little piece here. Gabe Davis is emerging, right? Mm-hmm. He probably should have had two touchdowns in that game. They reviewed it. That, that game probably would have put away the Seattle Seahawks. What do you think about this connection that Josh Allen is, you know, starting to build with not only Gabe Davis, but just, the wide receivers in general, as as they've gotten healthier, obviously John Brown, he's feeding the ball more to Cole Beasley. What have you seen so far?
2: In the first quarter last week, first quarter, Josh Allen completed the ball to eight different receivers. Think about that for a second. I, wow. I That's incredible to think about. Eight different receivers in the first quarter caught the ball from Josh Allen. He's spreading the ball around. He's not forcing it. Uh, you know, Stefan Diggs leads the NFL in targets. I don't think anyone would tell you the Bills are forcing the ball to step on Diggs. It's just volume. They're throwing it all over the place. I think John Brown is the missing link. I think he's the key. John Brown comes back. He's a little more healthy. Look what happens. Now, look, these guys were, they were open all over the field all day long. They, Seattle just couldn't cover them. They couldn't get a pass rush until they finally generated one. And then Josh was able to do some things as well after that. But I, I think that Josh just does a great job of understanding matchups. He's seeing the field better pre-snap. Uh, he's very well coached. Uh, He, he, he's very coachable and I think he's understood now and he understands really where to look for not only pre-snap, but post-snap, you know, and not, uh, not saying, I'm just going to go to one guy. It doesn't matter who gets the ball. And that's why I think he's developed a good relationship with all these people. Zach Moss catching the ball or Devlin Singletary out of the backfield. Tyler Croft as a tight end when Dawson Knox goes out, you know, and then Gabe Davis, like you said, I, I just think Josh has done a really good job of understanding. It doesn't matter who gets the ball. It's just got to be to the right guy. I totally agree with that. So
1: how about we jump into our next point here? Uh, we got, each of us got three emerging players. And uh, Sal, I want you to go first. Start from three,
2: two, then go to one. Who do you got? All right. So three emerging players. So I, I think you almost have to go rookies here, but I tried to go first or second year guys because um, yeah, the, the The number three guy I have is actually a second year player, but he just started playing this year. And that's Cam Lewis. You know, wow. Cam Lewis to me, I, I really liked the training camp he had. And I kept saying, boy, he could... I didn't think he'd make the team because I just thought it was too tough at that position, but I think he could make a lot of teams in the NFL, and suddenly here we are. He's on the roster, and then boom, he takes the starting job away from Taron Johnson, and then he gets hurt on the first series of the game against Kansas City. He's on IR, but I really like Cam Lewis. He, He gives them position flexibility, too.
1: Okay, cool. So who do you got number two?
2: Number two is Zach Moss. Uh, he might be the emerging number one running back for this team. And and that's not taking anything away from Devin Singletary except the fact that, of the ball, maybe, because it seems as though this team is gravitating more towards Zach Moss being the number one guy. And I really like the way he's starting to run the football.
1: All right. You better not take my number one or I'm going to be real salty. But of course yet, it is.
2: I mean, it's probably <laughs> the same guy because, I mean, how can you – maybe, I mean, Gabriel Davis. Oh, goodness gracious. He's so already – he's already – shown that he can be a legitimate wide receiver in the NFL and one of the number one passing attacks in the league.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with you. And, uh, now I'm going to switch up one of my guys, but I'm going to agree with your number two. Uh, but I'm gonna start number three real quick. Uh, I got to go with AJ Klein had the game of his life against Seattle, call it scheme, call it being opportunistic, whatever you want to call it. I don't care. He showed up and Matt Milano's out. You got an air raid offense going all over the place. And you got DK Metcalf stretching the field with Tyler Lockett. And you're keeping Russell Wilson in check. Yes, AJ Klein did that, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget that. Don't forget this game. And, uh, you know, I'm always calling for the Italians down to play. I feel like he's just an amazing. Uh, you know, matchup, always always to have in the field against those, uh, you know, speedy tight ends. I don't see a guy like Hollister or, um, you know, a guy like George Kittle, whoever you want to name. I really don't see them having a great game against Matt Milano. Matt Milano has always showed up to play. But just to have a guy like A.J. Klein to step up in those nickel packages on the blitz and, I mean, just take away Seattle fans' hopes. That's what you saw. And I want to keep seeing more of that, hopefully going into this next week. Now, Zach Moss, I got to agree with you. This guy fits the makeup of what the Buffalo Bills are all about. Punching it in, in the red zone. You don't have to fake it anymore. Just punch it in. That's what you want to see. That's why I like, that's why I like Zach Moss. Now for my number one, uh, from the top of my head, here we go. Ah, Saran Neal. There he is. Saran Neal. I'm telling you right now, I think he's going to definitely start emerging. You look at the depth, uh, you know, at that position. And, and one thing for sure is his versatility. Uh, I I see him all over the place. I mean, at first he was playing safety. They pulled him to cornerback. He's doing this, doing that, you know, playing special teams. The guy is just what the Bills need. In in a season where, holy smokes, you're just so worried about your depth, but yet here's Saran Neal. Here's A.J. Klein. Zach Moss, you know, comes back and, uh, you know, gives uh, Devin Singletary some more help. So really big deal uh, that we got to realize, I think as Bills fans, is the amount of depth that Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott have mustered up with, I mean, literally starting from scratch. They've done such an amazing job and I'm really proud of where we're at. Uh, you know, we didn't get to seven and two by mistake. Uh, people want to say, Oh, this player was injured there. This players, it does not matter at the end of the day. They're, they're well coached. They're playing smart. So they're not getting hurt as much <laughs> as other players out there. And I can appreciate that big time. Uh, Sal. So finally, we got to get into it here. So, What's your score prediction? What do you got?
2: Hmm. So, I don't know. This is going to be a tough one. This is going to be a, a, a higher scoring game. Um, I think the Cardinals can get to 30, but, you know, maybe the Bills can just hold them down a little bit. So, I'll go 30 to 28, Bills. Oh,
1: man. So close to mine. I'm actually going to go 34-24, Bills. Mm. I I really think uh, they're, you know, they're going to have their little spurt. It's like, I feel like the Cardinals are this team. They got a lot of talent and, you know, they're going to come at you. It's like if you ever watch MMA, you ever see like those guys who they're not extremely technical throughout the entire fight, but they'll give you a good, you know, first three rounds in a five round fight. And it's just, man, those first three rounds just duke it out, figure it out. And then I just feel like the Bills are going to figure out how to put them in submission, get him in the chokehold like Khabib, and just win it. I really feel the Bills are going to just excel, exceed expectations, and get back in that Super Bowl talk uh, like they were at the beginning of the season. So, Sal, once again, thank you so much. I almost feel like we only talked for five minutes, but here we are. We're sitting at about 20 minutes, huh? Okay, it's all right, man. Hey, thank you so much for your time. Uh, Obviously, you're doing a couple of shows here. Please let all the Bills fans and Buffalo Rumblings listeners all like are listening right now where they can find your show um, and where they can find all of your content
2: yeah absolutely uh you can just go to sal sports on twitter and i'll always be promoting my stuff right there but that's the easiest way to find me wgr sports radio 550 every every morning every afternoon i'm on with the morning guys i'm with the afternoon guys giving you bills updates uh hosting filling in i'm kind of the the, the first man off the bench basically to do that and then uh we have our web show every live every thursday night at 7:30. i do that that's on all different platforms however you watch youtube facebook Uh, Twitter. And then uh, Sal Sports and Stuff is my podcast. So uh, if you want to if you're into the podcasting like this go to Sal Sports and Stuff and you can download and listen to that and every week I, I have a preview of the game.
1: I'm all over it Sal. I know everyone else is too. Thank you so much everyone for jumping on the Buff Hub, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. Have a great rest of your weekend and go Bills.